Hello, and welcome back to Rebel Air, a Star Wars animated series fancast. I'm your host, Greg. And I'm Kaki, and Greg is showing me Star Wars Rebels for the first time. Specifically, Season 1, Episode 7, Out of Darkness, written by Kevin Hopps and directed by Stuart Lee. Kevin Hopps is a new name. We haven't heard that one before, haven't we? Yes, we did. Uh, Kevin Hopps wrote Fight or Flight. Oh, huh. Now there's an interesting sort of sort of parallel. Like Fight or Flight was uh, about the, the the developing fraternal relationship between uh, Ezra and Zeb, and this one is about the uh, perhaps a blended family. Blended family was very much what I was feeling this time around with Sabine and uh, and Hera. It sort of feels like a yeah, like a blended family, like a new mom. So last week you mentioned that you wanted to see, like, you wanted to get a little bit more of a sense of like Hera and Sabine because they've it, yes. it's been it's been very much like focused on like the boys so far um and i had to like just kind of hold down because i knew that this was the next episode where it's like we get to see like more of them and thank you (laughs) it's it's so hard to like hide my excitement sometimes because like this was definitely like the start of like okay no hera is not just the kick-ass pilot but just like you get to see more of like Hera um being like the true believer in the cause really like yes. she's she she's very much like the believer in basically the ultimate like downfall of the emperor of the empire really yeah we get our first real glimpse of that there is a larger plan at work mm-hmm. we open in a scene that sort of reminded me of uh, rogue one a little bit um i could see the, that yeah yeah the with the f- flying flying through edu a little bit Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, that's yeah. the one. The completely unnecessary uh, sort of dodging and weaving of flying vehicles between mountains that they could easily fly over. Yes, but at the same time, Hera is a phenomenal pilot and she knows that she's better than the others because, you know, it's not just, oh, I'm going to just hop into like whatever TIE fighter happens to be like where I'm stationed kind of a thing. Uh, it's like, no, this is like her baby because they scrape a rock and she's like, yeah, the steering's off. It's like, well, the computer says it's fine. She's like, yeah, no, no, I don't care what the computer says. The steering yeah. is off. <laughs> she's, a, uh, she's a consummate pilot. I, like, I'm griping not at, at Star Wars Rebels or even this episode in particular, but it's something that I... It shows a lack of three-dimensional thinking. And I know that these are, are, are tropes, you know, flying vehicles, flying say between trope. mountains. Yeah. It, it is, you know. Excuse me, sorry to interrupt, but could we maybe focus a little more on not dying? The TIE fighters are chasing the Phantom. I know the, the craft's name now. Yes, uh, yes. Be- good, good. Between the, the, the foggy tips of these tooth mountains that, uh, uh, that seem to be native to Lothal, so that must be where they are. There is no advantage to flying at Hera's level. Yeah, their advantage is to fly above. They have unrestricted view. She's not going to hit them. And there's at least two TIE fighters, so they can keep covering each other until she exits the mountain. And they've got a clear view from above. The only thing that I would I would argue against that with is the fact that there is a good deal of uh, fog in there. So you, which you, is to Hera's disadvantage because she has to fly through it. And if they fly over, then they uh, then they don't. 
That's true, but but uh, we do have Ezra being very impressed by by Hera's flying, even if it's somewhat questionable. And he's immediately just like, "Well, I need to fly." And Hera's like, "You want to fly my ship?" Uh, and Ezra immediately backs down when uh, he sees, "Oh no, there's actual danger here." So the mountains aren't danger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he doesn't care about the mountains, but oh no, tie fires? No, I can't. He do does that. that adorable sort of confident nod. He goes, <laughs> "I do not, not I do not, I do not." Hey, and like none of what I. What I was what I was griping about is about Hera. She's clearly like, oh no no no, no. she's clearly I, I, very effective. Well, well, it's like it's like I mean, like you with uh, prototypes, right? Yes, exactly. Which, That's which, not what prototypes are for. That's not which, how they. Which which which? Okay, I'm gonna just pause here for a second. <laughs> okay, I was thinking like. If you have a mold of the original Yoda sculpt, for example, that would be right. how you could produce it again because they tried reproducing it. I was like, who? That's not Yoda. What did we do? What did we do wrong? How do we miss this? <laughs> um, whereas when you have the original mold or like the original Chewbacca mask, like that, that changed things. But, but those are manufacturing tools. Those are a demonstration of your manufacturing process. Like it's everything around the prototype that made it possible to create it. Rather than the prototype itself, that's uh, uh, that's valuable. Unless, hold on, no, hold on, hold on. Here, here's no, there's one. So the prototype, uh, there's a difference between, between no. <laughs> I'm gonna gonna have to argue with myself here. There's a difference between manufacturing one and setting up a manufacturing process. And when you're setting up a manufacturing process, it helps to have one completed product to test your your process against. Like, if you have one prototype that, yes, this is the working one, so a prototype in that regard is a calibration tool for your new mass manufacturing. Okay, yeah, and not having one would set you back. I just thought about it, and depending on which type of prototype we're talking about, you can even like complicate this further because there's a production prototype, which is usually just like, hey, this is like what it could look like, but it's not like the final. Right, like a maquette. Like, yeah, yeah, because you can you can design. Well, actually, actually, let's let's talk Star Wars because they, they because one of the what? One that's, of the, a, that's a I know. weird suggestion, so, but so, okay, sure. So a, a, one of the prototypes of the Millennium Falcon was basically, it, it had like engines like Blockade Runner, and then it was super long and pointed, and it looked very bizarre. And they actually ended up using that one in Clone Wars because of course they do, because you just find these old like kit bashed things and you throw that in there. But that, oh, that's so, great. So technically that was like the prototype but then they changed everything about it because you see it and you're like, no, this doesn't work. This we need to change this up. So so like yeah. So like depending on like because production prototypes are different than manufacturing prototypes and literary okay. literary prototypes are different than all of those because then we're getting into what's a literary prototype? Do you, do you not mean archetype? Quiet you. <laughs> no, 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 no. You've said it now. Don't back down. Don't back down. Escalate. Tell me. No, you, I'll give you I'll give you 20 seconds to think about it. You can edit out the silence. And then you tell me what you think a literary prototype should be. I believe in you. It comes before the archetype because it's the prototype. That was, that was bad. That was really yeah, bad. Yeah, no, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> that, that, I'm looking at the jury there. Uh, now they're shaking their heads. I'm, I'm sorry, Greg. I got a, I it's got a, not me. It's the, I got a 5.5 from, from the German judge. Man, I, 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 did, not, I did not mimic that, uh, that dismount there. <laughs> Um, yeah, at least it's in metric. Okay, we're still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, 
We actually reached the credits before we lost ourselves in a digression. Well, yeah, we we reference allowed one. Um, <laughs> oh, is that is that a new rule? <laughs> Oof. Okay, no, uh, gonna have to be careful. No, so we we get to the credits, uh, uh, and we're still in the same situation. We've got the Phantom piloted by Hera with uh, Ezra and Sabine in in the yeah on the back seat basically of Mom's minivan. Uh, <laughs> we just get to just really appreciate like. Hera is flying this. This is this is basically what this whole sequence is. It's just showing off Hera, not only being able to outmaneuver them, but being able to outthink them. Because as she, she's she's weaving through, she, there's a close shave. She damages the ship a little bit, which is where the steering comet comes in. A tie fighter blows up in there, but then she shoots a rock and creates a smoke cover. And one tie fighter is pulling up, trying to avoid it, and collides with another one. It's like that's just like. Okay, one. Yes. How'd you know that's going to happen? But uh, just the fact, that, like, that's just so cool. Just like outthinking yeah, th- them. I I love that. Like incredible spatial awareness, strategic thinking. I mean, it was it was a little bit intimidating. Even like there's a there's a when the smoke cover is created, we focus on a on a pilot. We see inside the uh, the cockpit. Now, of course, Thai pilots are incredibly anonymized and, and sinister looking, but thereby also looking quite dispassionate and calm and competent Mm -hmm. uh, as he was flying through there and trying to pull up. Like, I actually for a second thought that this TIE fighter pilot uh, (laughs) was going to wind up being a a character in the episode because we got to see so much of him. But no, shortly thereafter, he crashes into, uh, into one of his colleagues. But throughout all this, like... Ezra's only input has been that he wants to uh, learn to drive. Yeah, so uh, how about teaching me some of those high-flying moves? Uh, you know, maybe I can park it in the uh, driveway and then <laughs> and then he sees how many uh, fighters are, are between him and the garage and no, mom, you, you handle it. Uh, that's, that's fine, that's fine. But Sabine is, uh, uh, is, is quite like, she's questioning... Uh, the operation that they've just been on, which was apparently based on intel that they got from one Fulcrum. And the intel was a little bit off. That's why they're in a tight spot like they are now. Uh, and Spin is questioning that. Like, that's been happening a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, Harris just saying, you know, you just need to trust this. You need to trust, like, that this is a needs-no basis. Like, we've talked about this. And it doesn't sit right with Sabine. Sabine's not... No. You know, she doesn't feel trusted. She doesn't feel valuable because she does, you know, say... And I told you before, I need to know more. Yeah, which we haven't seen. We haven't seen that uh, uh, that conversation. We haven't seen any conversation between Hera and, and Sabine at all, it feels like. This is the first time we really get to, to focus on uh, and, and what, they're, what they're doing. Which I absolutely loved because yeah like last time i mentioned i felt that uh, that these characters were uh, like i regretted that we hadn't gotten to see more of them so getting a whole episode about them and also i mean it's kind of a momentous uh, revelation that there is a, a longer term strategy at play mm-hmm. that these missions that they've been on uh, for a while now actually i say that i'm okay i'm trying to think whether any of the previous episodes that we've seen would have been based on uh, intel from this fulcrum. I think this is the first time that we we really hear about fulcrum. Uh, whoever whoever they may be, their identity is kept a, a secret. Um, now, whenever pronouns aren't used when referring to someone's code name, uh, I, I pay attention because it's an old gag that there's a code name being used and people assume that it's a man until it is revealed that. <gasps> 
girls can be spies. So, no, I know you've got to. <laughs> I'm trying to be silly here to save you from having to put on your poker face. Like I am expecting the re- at this point, I'm expecting the reveal. Oh, the fulcrum is actually a lady. Can you imagine? Everyone OK? Yeah, we're fine. But I scraped the phantom's underbelly. You? Moving on, we see this fantastic overhead docking shot of the phantom going into the ghost. This shot was really weird to me. It's a straight top-down orthogonal shot. It's very centered. It's very symmetrical. It felt like something out of a out of out of Wes Anderson. Film. I was just as soon as you said center, it's like this is Wes. Yeah, so it's Wes yes. Anderson, yeah, or uh, uh, Kubrick did. Yes, a lot yes. of like Kubrick, very 2001. Centric. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we get a few more close, well, we get a close up on the Phantom before it docks that it's leaking some greenish fluid. That's, uh, that's yes. no bueno. Uh, they arrive back on the, no, I was going to say the, the, the ghost, where mom and dad meet up again and have some, uh, some fun bickering where, the, 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 like, he needles her for the trouble that she had to evade. And he, she informs him, what was it? That the intel was, uh, his intel was rough. And yes, of course, I knew you'd find some way to uh, make all this my fault. <laughs> that is not a very healthy relationship you have when, when your, your fun thing that you do together is mutual rancor that we do with a wink and a nod. Well, but she does call him dear. Uh, yeah. Wow. He didn't deserve that. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I have my, like, my family is Northern Irish and I have many formidable women in my family and dear that is a level of cruelty that you reserve for when someone has set fire to your car that's when you call someone dear but yeah no no Ooh. you're you were you were you're you're right about that <laughs> Ooh. so ice cold <laughs> so, so uh, space mom does does immediately uh set the boys to work uh zeb i need you ezra and chopper to uh basically fix the phantom so go do your chores go, go do go, your chores go work on the steering the just... <laughs> polish the car they even pout about it too. they were trying to sneak away and then they got caught by mom's stern gaze uh but I, <laughs> And on the one hand, that's a like that stereotype, also a trope. Hey, by the way, I've been I've been saying that like tropes, t- stereotypes, uh, uh, cliches in general. The fact that something is that, I don't consider that a negative, right? Every cliche oh, yeah. started out as a great idea, and it all depends on the execution. And this is, I mean, there's a lot of sitcom energy to the uh, to yeah. the sort of domestic scenes, right? And this isn't something that we've really seen with stars before, as far as like this kind of familial like relationship and dynamics at play here, because like unfortunately most of the dynamics that we've seen are very, very, very dysfunctional when it comes to family, because the Skywalker family is a family that is in desperate need of some therapy. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> like the Skywalker saga could be could be solved with just some really good therapy, or just some. <laughs> I don't know some some pruning because like the boys are the problem, right? The the girls are fine. <sighs> the Skywalker women would do fine without the Skywalker men. They are so so beset by their by like tormented by by inadequacy and burdened with with power that I mean God you, three you generations were, in a you row. You are not you are not wrong there. Yeah. Three of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you? Did you want to just pull the plug on that one? Go with Eve. 
<laughs> Just shake half the extra sketch. Don't do the whole thing. <laughs> okay. So mom and dad go to have a talk and, and the boys are going to do their chores and we leave Sabine. Uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Kind she's, of pouting. She's left- not, not, not quite pouting, but she's, she's, she's mulling. She's brooding, brooding. Yes, brooding. That's the word. That's where it's like. No, for. that's Thank not you. even fair. That's not even fair. Her concern has not been resolved. She mm-hmm. is like, as a young woman, she's on the, uh, not on the cusp of adulthood. She's reached adulthood. She's, she's emotionally, cognitively, physically adult, but she doesn't have that uh, uh, respect from her elders, and she and she sort of feels alone. She has no one to uh, to relate to. She can't share her burden with uh, her brothers. I'm just going to call them, including Chop, because uh, they wouldn't understand. And she's tried sharing them with her mother figure, um, who like demands trust and and like stay in your kind of stay in your lane, kid. Well, well, she she tried a little bit to open up to Ezra, but like Ezra's like failing to see her as anything other than a pretty woman. Yes. Yeah. So for her, it's just like, okay, I'm just not even like dealing with that because like, I can't even like, what am I supposed, I'm supposed to talk to you and you're going to think like, this is a thing. It's like, no, like, I'm just trying to like, yeah, I, I'm a person, dude. <laughs> yeah. And of everyone I'm here. I'm a person, Ezra, and my name is Sabine. <laughs> <laughs> like of everyone here, she can probably relate to him the best. Like mm-hmm. the idea of having lost your, your very direct family during your youth. Because as we learned, I was excited that this came up. She was, in fact, an Imperial cadet uh, on Mandalore. Which... Yeah, which explains a good deal. What happened out there? Well, we took out the target. Yeah, I got that part. We go ahead into the cockpit, and Kanan and Nahara are enjoying a nice cup of calf. Uh, yes, that is a word for coffee in Star Wars terms, is calf, because, oh, uh, because like someone thought that was, yeah. Well, and then, you know, I also noticed that they have these lovely bamboo mugs. So they're having some some calf, and they turn on the radio and listen to some. Greg, I need you to say it. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. Greg, the word I'm for, gonna need you to. Say, no, Greg, Greg, I'm gonna why, need you to say it. I I want to have a. I want to have a sit down conversation. I want to have a sit down conversation with no, whoever decided. Just, no, 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 no. no. I, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna space say. Space coffee it, is gonna, called calf, and then space jazz. I want to have a conversation with whoever made the decision to have the the music that the cantina players in A New Hope play to be called Jizz. I want to have this conversation. I I need to have this conversation of like, like, why? And the best part is you're going to have to edit this and decide whether you're going to bleep that out because this is a PG-13 podcast. You're just going to leave it in. (laughs) (laughs) I've killed Kaki. Oh, Oh, not since my brother was nine have I heard anyone say the word fuck with such perfect timing. (laughs) and i was actually sitting here wondering you know we've been really serious about this are people going to enjoy this i guess this episode we're just going to really gone. (laughs) nope nope no no are you good we're good we're good (laughs) okay yeah so those are those are nice mugs (laughs) right (laughs) 
they're they're very they're very nice mugs and and uh <sighs> yeah so 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 sabine interrupts uh mom and dad's uh personal time and just just hey i need it um <clears throat> it's weird to come down right like you come down from a high like that and you don't know how far <laughs> down you have to go i know i'm just okay. gonna i'm just I, gonna take five here yeah you carry I, the ball yeah I, I think i need i think i just need to take a second just to breathe <laughs> and then we can keep going because i had to find where we are Jeez. Okay. <clears throat> oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I know. I know. It's getting harder to anticipate the Empire's moves, that's for sure. So Sabine does come in and she's saying, you know, I want to know where we're relying on their intel from because whoever Fulcrum is, he's putting us in danger. Yeah. And she tries it first with, uh, with Kanan because Hera's already shut her down. And Kanan is even more dismissive. Um, so... Having had no success with getting through to Canaan, uh, oh, he does mention that. Oh, you know, it's uh, it's no big deal. We just take these uh, these missions as long as they provide. Let me see what he said. Problems for the Empire and profit for us. That's a good combo. It's it's also just a good line. Like that's that's the kind of line that you just like kind of put in your back pocket. Like okay, I get to like find like use this. I've been yeah. I've been holding on to this. I wrote this down <laughs> yeah. in my diary. <laughs> <laughs> and he pimp walks out of there. <laughs> proud that he finally got to use his cool guy line, but it still hasn't solved anything for, for Sabine. At the Imperial Academy, they didn't want me to ask questions either. That didn't work for me. Now, I kind of respect that she did try the direct approach, or she did she tried the indirect approach twice. She tried to, to, to ask for what she needed, and now she's asserting herself. Fine. I'm done asking questions. I'm telling you. I'm coming on your run to meet Fulcrum. And that's what she's uh, what she's doing. She's putting her foot down. Good for you. Hera's just kind of like she, you know, she she's accepting it, but she's just saying, you know, you can be pretty frustrating too. And <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, learn from the best. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated this. Like Hera sets some boundaries, uh, you know, in their relationship. Like, no, I'm actually not going to tell you. Uh, uh, about fulcrum and that's how our relationship needs to be you need to be okay with that because i can't i can't budge on this but she does show like a lot of flexibility when uh, when sabine asserts herself right this is this is what i need and okay Hera is not going to deny her that choice she's going to live with it even if she doesn't want to that is something that i respect like i i, I have much more respect for someone who who can make a demand honestly if they're also able to accept other people's, and and Hera can certainly do that. I don't know that about uh, about Kanan yet. I think he still has a lot to learn in that regard. Yeah, no, I, I definitely I definitely agree there. And I think for for Hera, it is just kind of realizing, you know, if I don't give this to her, like, is she just going to go away? Because like you you get the sense that like if they don't start trusting her and giving her like just just more more to work with, then like Sabine's going to leave. Like I, I was getting that, that, that impression with this for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was actually wondering why are any of them there? Like, yes, Hera has the, has the boat. Kanan needs it. Zeb seems to have loyalty to, uh, uh, to Kanan. Chop is property. Wolf and Ezra is, uh, is the, is the radicalized child. But like, none of them seem to owe each other anything. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious how this crew came together. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it, I think that's a story that I'm quite comfortable waiting for, because I remember, like in Firefly, it came toward the the uh, the end of its uh, uh, single regrettable season. Yeah, well, thankfully we get more than just uh, one season from 
from, from this yes. show. So we've got a good amount of, of episodes to get through. The boys are in the Phantom facing, which is now facing backward again. How does that work? Like it docks, it docks nose first. And now it's facing backward again. So it seems to have like some kind of rotary mechanism or there's a, a you know, there's a, a, a reversing into the driveway thing that they have to do before they can go to hyperspace. They were hoping no one would notice. Really? I know. I, yeah. That's, what are you- I noticed that as well. And I do not have a good answer for that. There's a thing that I can, I can think of because they did jump to, to hyperspace. Um, like immediately, immediately, right? Immediately. So yeah, I don't I really have a good answer for that, except that, it provides good lighting and good kind of ambiance well, for the scene, I'd say. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it maybe upside down when it docks? Because then it may be like it can dock no. and then flip over. No. Because it definitely is right side up when it goes in. Okay, but then there has to have been an extra like repositioning scene between that uh, Wes Anderson docking and the moment that they're inside. Because how else would they have left? There's only one door and it's at the back of the Phantom. How could they get into the ghost? What is this ship? Is it like a reverse TARDIS? I think <laughs> this is... It's, it's weirder on the outside. The inside is fine, but the outside is just... Whoa. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of some, like, analogous pop culture reference for this, and I, got, <laughs> I, got, I, have, I have nothing. I, I can't think of anything that's, like, constantly reconfiguring, except for, like, the creepy house in Chicago where someone just made a bunch of rooms to kill people in. Um, oh, that's a different. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a. That's that's, I was gonna that's go, less happy. <laughs> I was going to go with the Winchester Mystery House, which I did once visit, and <laughs> I was not prepared for how for how like good that actually was as as sort of a you know as a, a house of a, a weird house of mystery. Okay, so yes, uh, well, we have we have the Winchester Mystery House in uh, in space. That's the that's the ghost, uh, which is being maintained. Hey, they're both, uh, they're both uh, haunted. What? The ghost is haunted. Oh, I get it now. Yes, <laughs> very good. Uh, I was I was I was like, oh, don't make me explain this. It's going to make me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, just to confuse things even further, Zeb is examining the diagnostic panel, which at first I thought was the inter- on the interior of the Phantom. It's not. It's on the side of the uh, ghost. So, is it just that the inside looks reversed? Is um. It- I think what we have here is the the neuralizer from Galaxy Quest where they turn it inside out. I think you're talking about the molecular conveyor because the neuralizer is actually from Bedded Black where that's the memory erasure device. I knew I was getting my terms wrong, but I was like, yeah, neuralizer, that sounds right. So it was like, no, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. I knew it doesn't make sense because ner- no. You roll the bones. No, this is podcasting. <laughs> now this is pod. I need to get better at these quotes, and the boys need to get better at actual maintenance just, and and diagnostics. Basic communication because because yeah. Also, because Zeb saying, "Oh, as soon as he's out of there, purge the air filters." And as no sooner says that he's done with fixing the steering, then Chopper purges the filters. We have this great shot of Ezra just looking like horribly distressed as he pulls it as he jumps out and starts like coughing and gagging yes yeah because he just got you know he just he just got gassed by chop who did it on purpose there is who rolls away 
So he did. So he did it on purpose, right? And and he's and he and he's, he's, so he's laughing about it. it. He rolls on through, runs over Zeb's foot, and starts <laughs> yes. another chase scene. So they they don't see the fact that hey, there's an issue with the fuel line. I'm the diagnostic. They entirely miss it because yes. they're too busy trying to go and kick Chopper's ass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that little miscreant. I I've got to say I did I did kind of love this. I love that they're. I mean, they're playing, right? They're well. I don't know. No, they I don't, really are. Yeah, I don't know if Chop. I well, you have brothers. You know this. This is what playing looks like when 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 rambunctious boys just like. I never got chased around with something that could like tear me apart like Ezra's chasing Chop around with. Yeah. Okay, that's true, but. I mean, he does a, he does jump on on, on Chopper and does a little droid radio, droid rodeo, <laughs> which you were the youngest. You have definitely done that. You have rodeoed your older brothers, right? I have jumped. I have jumped on them in surprise yes. and just like pounced on them. Uh, this is this is something that has definitely that has definitely happened. Uh, <laughs> right. So <laughs> they get caught because they're fighting. They end up like rolling onto the floor and then just. In, in walks Hera and she's kind of looking down and yeah. just like are you kidding me right now and it's like did you finish your chores did you clean your room <laughs> yeah. did you eat your vegetables <laughs> did you wash my All car right. then you get 20 minutes of Nintendo Switch and then it's off to bed uh, meanwhile uh, uh, Hera and Sabine uh, get on board the, the Phantom and depart and we see once again that the Phantom is still leaking Sabine is uh, is still very much on the the issue of Fulcrum. Just who is Fulcrum? While the secrecy is it's just another smuggler, like what's going on? And Hera obfuscates. She continues to, and it's a bit of a game that that Sabine gets uh, gets the hang of. Oh, it's no secret we're fighting against the Empire. We need as many allies as we can get. Why do you always answer with uh, questions with more questions? Do you really want me to answer that? <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. But once again, setting boundaries. Yeah, yeah, and and just just you know, hey, you don't need to know everything. But Sabine does get to know, uh, does get to hear Fulcrum because Fulcrum communicates with 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 Hera, and it is this it's it's a very kind of modulated voice. Modulated voice, yes, yes. It's not it's not like it's very like medium pitch. Like it's not like super low. Or super it's just like it's very just kind of like yeah it, it this this once again played into my uh, my hypothesis that it's a secret lady um because it i've done a little bit of of audio work and that sounded to me like uh, a, a a feminine sounded voice pitched down mm-hmm. i can still be wrong uh a, a lot of men have higher voices but yeah that's 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 kind of what it sounded like to me but I wasn't focusing on that in this scene. What I was focusing on was that even though Hera has made it very clear, she does not want to tell uh, 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 Sabine this information that Sabine wants to know. She's not throwing up extra obstacles for Sabine to find out for herself. Do you you notice that? I mean, she she lets Sabine come along. She lets Sabine, like, hear the radio message. Only the rendezvous, Spectre 2. Supplies are unloaded and ready. She's even honest to Fulcrum that, what is it, Spectre 5? Is yes, that, Spectre uh, Five. Is Spectre Five. Spectre Five is coming along, uh, coming along to help. She's not sandbagging Sabine. She's not warning Fulcrum off. She's just being completely honest and letting the scenario play out how it how it has to play out. 
I think that for Hera, it's more of a, I need you to trust me. I need you to understand like that you can trust me. So I'm not going to like, I'm going to like try and just like push you in this direction, but I'm not going to like push too hard. Cause you know, if I push too hard, you're going to get pushed away from that. See, this is interesting. I read it as, um, now let me see how to, how to put this as being about Hera has, she has boundaries for herself, but at the same time, she respects that Sabine is going to pursue her own goals. I'm not explaining this right. I've got no, to figure out like, what I, it is. I think I understand what you're saying. Um, I don't think that the hair is tr- quite trying to like lay down the law. Like, I, I, I really no, do. that's it. That's it. She's not laying down the law. She's just saying what she will and won't do herself. And that is for, yes, that's for, that's for Sabine to accept. Mm-hmm. Hera, in her way, thinks that she's treating that she's treating Sabine like an adult, but she's not giving her all the information. Um, and, yes. and and Sabine and Sabine is still like still has like that little bit of a need of I need a little bit more here. And Hera doesn't think that like it's her, quite her place to. I think that's kind of what it feels like to me. There, there. Yes, you're right because Hera is treating Sabine like an adult, and Sabine maybe does not yet have the experience to understand that mm-hmm. she's still used to this is how adults cheat, treat children they exclude them but you know adults working professionals do that to each other all the time certainly in a a military or paramilitary hierarchy as well yeah and military hierarchy well let's jump right into the phenomenal <laughs> uh fort- asteroid belt yes so this is this is oh, it has this name? is of course yes it has name. so this is fort anaxis um Ooh. so Fun thing about this, in 2013, Star Wars Clone Wars was canceled, and they had, so all the assets they had built up, uh, they weren't really able to, to use stuff with them. So they had they had episodes recorded. They had like a whole story arc, well, several story arcs recorded that they weren't able to do something with. This is actually one of them uh, where they they took like that old unfinished uh, model, put it into this, and then. Oh, wow. Last year in 2020, when Clone Wars season seven came up, they were able to like pulled out from this and then <laughs> retextured again so like this, so, so because this is shut up in the bad batch storyline in clone Wars season seven so it was just really cool just to be like oh that must have been so cool to recognize well you know doing research like i realized like okay this is the same for it but i was like i i don't really like i don't remember like this doesn't quite make sense and then i saw in the episode i was like Oh no, it definitely is. It's like like I'm yes. seeing like very like specific like how it's structured because it's it's built into it's built like into a like the rock face like itself. Yeah, into, so, a, so it, into a crater. It looks mm-hmm. like uh, on this asteroid. I mean, I had a little thrill as well when I recognized the uh, power generators from uh, the Rebel base on Hoth. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, they're they're landing and it's just, it's just this gorgeous kind of. I'm colorblind, so my my experience with colors is always going to be interesting. But it oh, looks right. it looks very kind of like orangish, kind of greenish, hazy, like and like yeah. like skyscape with, with with like a bunch of like broken asteroids inside that are like moving over the the local sun, and it's just it's just a beautiful beautiful environment. It's um, it's really gorgeous. It astronomically makes no sense. Asteroid fields are not that dense. Otherwise, they would have clustered long, long ago. Uh, also, the arc 
of the belt does not seem uh, like seems way too wide for the position of the of the star. So maybe I mean maybe it's a multi-star system that's uh, that's possible as well. But just the, the astronomically, it is, yeah, uh, completely unrealistic. Yeah, no, that, this was the first time in all of Star Wars that I've seen something that I consider unrealistic, and I just tolerated that the ship can, can turn inside out just now. <laughs> Well, it's not unrealistic as someone as anyone who's who's owned an older car before is uh, when you put it in park and it just starts leaking, uh, leaking <laughs> stuff onto the onto the ground, and then you pull out and it's like, oh, I was staying in my driveway right now. What happened here? This is more of an American thing, cocky. Uh, in, in, <laughs> yes, okay. You have these yes, things yes, called cars. Um, yes, yes, I've heard them. <laughs> They've made it onto this landing strip where apparently they're going to to pick something up. Sabine is disappointed that uh, Fulcrum is not here. But Hera, like, I mean, she kind of brushes that off. Like, that that can happen. They go over to some uh, some crates. Hera sees a marking on one of them, uh, a marking that I don't recognize. Mm -hmm. um, And she says, well, I'll take care of this one. Levitates it uh, uh, and and, and pushes it along. And Sabine takes uh, takes the other. Like, this all seemed like the setup for plot that then doesn't get developed any further, like this this little clue that there is something special in that crate, that takes a backseat to this vicious, slitted yellow eye glowing and growling at them from the darkness. Yes, the pretty interesting-looking uh, Fearnox is what they're called. Ah, related to the Minoc? Uh, not related to the Minox. It's just a really nice uh, suffix to use. Uh, yeah. Well, are you sure they're not related? I mean, Minox are also native to asteroids. Yeah, but Minox are more like Minox are more like flying leeches. These are more like predatory. Um, yeah, we don't even see what's in the crates because they go and they take a couple crates over there, and then they notice, hey, some crates are gone, and they see claw marks. So they yeah. go inside the cave, and they find an empty crate. We have no idea what's in there at this point, so we don't know what they're after. Um, no. But this like is this is apparently a drop food. off. But now we get the sort of uh, uh, resolution why Hera doesn't want to give this information to uh, to Sabine, which is it's to protect ourselves and each other. Like if you get caught, then you can't reveal information that you that you don't have. Sabine is a little bit offended by this idea. You think you can make me talk? You think I'd talk? And Hera. Give some like she lays down some really real talk. You've 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 been there. I think we think the Imperials can make anyone talk. You've seen what they're capable of. Which is which yeah. is, is some pretty heavy stuff, but like at the same time, like it makes sense. We've seen yeah. the torture that they've done a few times when they don't even want information. Because something that I never really picked up on when I was a kid watching Empire Strikes Back Empire, was, yes. was was like I saw Han getting lowered down onto like the heated metal like yeah. awful looking thing, uh, and then he like gets thrown back in, and I never really caught the they didn't, they even, didn't ask even ask me, me, any, ask me any questions, questions. and and yes. like and that's one of those things where it was like Ooh, okay that uh that changes how it is where it's just like no no we're just this is just for like sadism at this point wait, so n- wait no it wasn't. That was Darth Vader luring Luke. Yes, in. as soon as I said that, as he soon was, as you said, as soon as you said, okay. wait a second, I was like, nope, nope, you're right, you're right. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, 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 you're 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 100 right. I just like I I I I just space on that. You know, it's 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 bound to happen. I have some 20, yep. 20 some odd, odd hours of of Star Wars <laughs> content shoved into my head. <laughs> yeah, no. 
But hey, I, I wanted to talk about this a, a bit more because Hera lays this down. Uh, she talks to Sabine as an adult, but that's not where it ends. Sabine tells her, Hera, you know what happened when I was a cadet at the Imperial Academy on Mandalore. They demanded loyalty from me as well, and that was a nightmare. And that's, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. Heavy. You know, like, I trusted the Empire, yeah. followed its orders blindly, and it was a nightmare. So, so it's just like, we've seen that people can do terrible things under just following orders. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I think that's what Sabine is struggling with because this, this, what she's hearing from from Hera is the same thing that she heard from uh, uh, the Imperial, I guess, recruiters. Mm-hmm. You know, believe in something bigger than yourself. This is not just about you. And Hera, what, I thought it was really interesting. She basically makes the same demand again, but she changed the term. Uh, she says, what you need is faith. Like on the one hand, that there's a long-term plan that's bigger than all of us, but then she turns it to the personal, which is mm-hmm. something that uh, sets her apart from uh, from the Empire. I think have faith in us, and I think that may be new for Sabine to like. Yeah, she's frustrated by being asked to have faith in this this abstract thing, but Hera specifies it: have faith in us, believe in us. Yeah, and and I think that that's that's a little bit more like tolerable or, or or like like consumable to, to Sabine because you know she's run with them for however long they've been together yeah. um so I think that that that's a little bit more more like okay well you haven't seen me wrong so far I can cool it with some of this but, but yeah not quite like let let go of this like this is still like an important thing for her and and yeah and, and like understandably so for sure yeah, I was actually I was actually expecting the uh, the scene to to escalate because like the last thing that that Hera says, you know, uh, have faith in us. Kanan knows what he's doing. Like that seemed like an entirely new angle to to take. But much like the crate, that uh, that also fades from importance when uh, uh, they notice. Oh, did they notice a weird sound? Oh no, it's the scratches on the ground. And they notice that there's not enough crates. They need more crate. Um, so they they do the responsible thing, which is to walk into the creepy unlit hangar with uh, with only a flashlight and a gun. Oh, Hera does some cool sort of gangster walking. She does this, uh, uh, I don't know, this this sort of half crouch. She's got the flashlight and her, yeah. uh, and her blaster. So in, inside the hangar, we're seeing a crashed LAAT we're, and we're seeing a crashed ARC-130 because I know my prequel ships pretty damn very well. Thank you very much. good, um, very good. You don't happen to know why this base was abandoned? Yeah, it's so, so it's just it you know it's just it's it's very much like oh that's so cool so this re- was a- really cool like design stuff it, it, it's very like it it's cool just to, to see like visually like hey this is like the remnants of the Clone Wars it's like seeing a crashed Republic cruiser in yeah, in, yeah. in in Jedi Fallen Order and stuff like that I'm just like all oh, right like there was a galactic oh, yes. scale conflict. You know, you kind of forget about things like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I wanted to talk to you about that. Not that we haven't had enough digressions already, but <laughs> one of the things that I've really been feeling while I was, uh, since I've started watching Rebels, is this idea that, okay, the, the, the Empire is here now and the Empire is in control and the Empire does things differently. But for the people of Lothal, from their perception there is a continuity from the Galactic Republic reformed into the Empire. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a different force. It was like the, 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 the Republic Navy, the Republic Infantry 
became the Imperial Navy and the Imperial Infantry. Like, that was an administrative uh, change. So what we're looking at here, like Republic technology became imperial technology. There is a mm-hmm. m- much stronger like continuity uh, uh, from the Republic to the Empire. And like these these craft, uh, uh, as you're talking about the LA-80s and the... Uh, ARC-130s. Arc that's the one. We still associate them with the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, but mm-hmm. they were also being flown after Order 66, after the, the, the reformation. These were mm-hmm. the early imperial uh, uh, forces as well. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of weird to think about. Like these these things have been these polities have been so distinct in my mind for as long as I've I've been passionate about about Star Wars, the Empire, and the Republic, and they're really not. There's a there's a whole gradient when Sabine and Hare realize. Uh that the Furnox are there and their aggressors, they run out into the sunlight and find out that they don't like the sun because they, they scare yeah. into the sun and just like run immediately out. And we start seeing the asteroid belt in play. Casting shadows. Which was a very like, it was a yeah. fun way to just like use like that 3D environment. And, and, and I, I really yes. appreciated it. I really like that as well. That's how you create interesting peril this, this sort of felt also like a like kind of a video game where a you have to look bit, at yeah, what are the yeah. what are the rules of this environment well one of the rules is there will be occasional shadows and the the these creatures like the shadows i don't know why any creature would evolve in a place where they they can't venture onto the surface Hera and sabine have to call for a tow because they're out of gas and so they call uh, zeb and and ezra and Ezra's interrupting uh, Zeb's space waffles, which like I had space waffles written down as well. So I'm not gonna lie, that is literally what they are called. When I was doing my research, I was I was I was, I was, really I, was, I, was I was space waffles. I was on Wikipedia and I was like, "You're called space waffles? Are you kidding me? I give up here." Like I, okay, <laughs> which he eats with a spoon somehow, but yeah, he's got a little canister of. I guess blue milk and uh, uh, a bamboo cup of calf. There's another droid rodeo. Oh, now's the time where he, uh, uh, where Zeb grabs, holy crap, he grabs Chop's head in his foot and he grabs Ezra's whole ass midriff in one hand. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's big and strong and scary. <laughs> uh, yeah, and... <laughs> This. He's, I mean, he looks almost kittenishly pouting when Hera asks, You did run a full diagnostic on the Phantom, correct? Of course. And you checked the results? Oh, you're supposed to do that? <laughs> no, Mom. <laughs> uh, I mean, he takes responsibility, but there's, he's, 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 very, he's very pouty. And that's when they realize, oh, there was a fuel leak. Yeah, we knew that. Why did Hera call them? Like, just to recriminate them? Is that the highest priority? She really is space mom. I think it was, you need to save us, because in the next scene, they do go and get... get Knock they, on they, Kanan's door. We see him meditating. And they're, they're yelling loudly outside, and he's sitting there meditating, and he's like, let me guess. They, we, I was like, like, oh, we need to go and save them. It's like, how'd you guess? Did you, did you use the force? No. I could hear you two yelling outside the door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably suggests to me that uh, I mean I don't know what kind of relationship Kanan and Hera have, but they probably have separate beds if the if the ship is that like 
Yeah, you, you couldn't get away with a lot on the ghost. You know, the, not not unless you wanted to like traumatize everyone. Um, yeah. But then again, Chopper does that for everyone, enough for everyone else. <laughs> oh God, a little miscreant. Okay, so the ghost is on the way, but uh, they still have some problems. Back on the asteroid, Sabine realizes that there is a big old asteroid that's going to occlude the sun pretty soon. For how long? I don't fucking know. Like what? The- <laughs> it's just big. <laughs> or it's close, who knows. But she does notice suddenly that the entire place is littered with red barrels. Now, I have played a video game or two, I so say, I know yeah. what, <laughs> what red barrels are for. She has a, a Sabine has a pretty good uh, a good idea here, is to, I mean, she's anticipating waves of creatures, which, yeah, accurate assessment. I mean, you only have so many barrels of this. Don't Don't use them all up at once. That may be a terrible idea. Yeah, well, do they have an alternative? Like, they don't have any place that they can bottleneck these creatures, uh, uh, really. We have seen them tear through spaceships pretty readily. Yeah, um, yeah, that's why it's not an option to retreat into the into the Phantom. It's a pretty good plan, and it seems to be working because uh, they, they take out uh, a good four waves of them with these gorgeous... Um, the explosions are beautiful. The explosions are, are just stunning. They're so it's like, colorful. Allow me to introduce you to one of my oldest and most explosive friends, Rhydonium. It's like you just put like colored powder into a gasoline bomb and just like blew it up. Like you say that as if, okay, no, it's a podcast. Obviously, you 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 can't admit to any such uh, uh, any no, such misdeeds. No, no, okay, okay, no, because because the only way you're gonna get a fireball with that is if you ignite gasoline. If you any other kind of explosion, it's just an explosion. It's just pop. It's gone. But if you're gonna get a big fireball, you have to use gasoline. That is literally the only way you can get like the big right. Yeah, fancy you need to aerosolize. Yes, yes, uh, a flammable uh, a fluid and then ignite it. Yeah, it's. I mean, they are they are gorgeous. I wonder how much of that is the rhydonium. And I wonder how much of that is the is the creatures. Whether these creatures, you've told me what they're called. For, forlocks, fornox, fernox, fernox. Like uh, whether they're just like what? Furbolds. It's a D and D thing. Ah, sorry. Um, Furbolg. Anyway. For- Damn. Yeah, yeah. Try me. Come at me, bro. <laughs> uh, I I happen to be a fan of a. Getting my dice out. You're you're saying to try you. Okay, let's see. Let, <laughs> no, my metal I dice? It. I, I only know it because I listened to a and D podcast. It's by okay. The I rolled. Brothers. I rolled a two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm pretending to have competence that I that I don't. They're, one of them happens to play a character who is a furball, and so that's where I know the name. N- n- notice us, McElroy's. <laughs> maybe maybe not this episode where i made my co-host say jizz but maybe one of the other now they they get it they get it um so yeah you you don't think you don't think they'd understand given that they're they're given that that imbalance they're called the trace horny boys yes and now they're a thunderman llc okay okay Uh, yes Uh, we're getting to this I thought it'd be funny and call them Dos Horny Girls. That is definitely not. <laughs> uh, team Sabine, and it is Team Sabine because they're executing Sabine's plan, uh, uh, is actually doing quite well. Like setting up these barrels to take out entire waves 
that is the correct strategy for these creatures that are coming because that's how they uh, attack. They attack and surge. And so what they've done is created several lines of these barrels, which they can hide behind, lure out the creatures, and then blow them up. And the first time, the, you know, the first... Uh, uh, Four waves. For, uh, yeah, the first of the waves that, that goes off, uh, Sabine is, huh, that actually worked quite well. Wait, you doubted your own plan? Never. Good. I sure did. Hey. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so, okay, so, cool. so there, there's, there's one thing that I have to point out here that was just like, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. This is a terrible idea. And it's the <laughs> fact that they are hiding behind and shooting yes. next to highly explosive material. I saw that and I'm just like, wait a sec, wait a sec. Like, this yeah. is like, like one, mis- a- one misfire, which like that happens. It's fairly common to just like yes. have a misfire and have issues happen. You're both dead. I was like, this is terrible. There are other crates to hide behind. You hide behind one of the non-exploding ones. Yeah, so I just so, so I, I, I noticed that as well. I noticed that because they did that like three times, and each time that happens, I'm just like, this is a terrible idea. What are you doing? Oh no! Why is this happening? Like it, that it bothered be- me. A bit. They're the ones with the guns. Yeah, but if they misfire, like yeah, when they're yeah, like yeah, vaulting yeah, over something, it's like, oh whoops, I shot it. Oh whoops, my Oops. arms over there. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I mean, I remember this from the Firefly film Serenity when uh, Jane is getting everybody to uh, okay, we're going to make a bottleneck here, uh, stack these crates up, make sure none of them's filled with anything, goes boom, because yes. we're going to hide behind yes. them. Yeah, smart, smart. Okay, no such option here. I guess no. I guess there aren't any other crates. All the other crates have already been loaded up onto the onto the yeah, Phantom. You know, it it it's one of those things. We're just kind of like, like, I mean, we've seen people do that before because I know I've seen people like because there's one tipped over on its side. My first thought was, oh, they're gonna like kick it and have it roll down and then they're gonna shoot it because like I've seen that in however many like pieces of media. Yes, and that yes. didn't happen here. No, which, but 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 Honestly, like 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 I, I was expecting it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But we spoke, but, but pretty explosions. They are, they are so beautiful. <laughs> they really are, though. The, the colors in them are really vibrant and cool. So they, they, again, I wonder if these if these Fernox are just filled with, I don't know, copper shavings and hydrogen. Maybe it's the Fernox that ex- that that go boom real good. So so there, it's the grunts from Halo. If you have a uh, one of the skulls on <laughs> the, the birthday party uh, skull skull on, I don't what's the, I don't remember the name of that skull, but I know I, I don't. I, I, I know don't. it's You're... I know it's a thing. I know it's a thing. Like, see, this is what what makes it so unfair. Like either either I recognize it and then I. I'm not playing fair at all. Either I recognize it and then I I, I try and one up you, or I don't recognize it and then I'm not impressed. There's no way for you to win. This is a bad game. No, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to figure this out. I realize well, that I'm not. I'm not. I'm not playing fair or fun well, or, at all. You're, Although, you're, you're an older brother. <laughs> that. Wow, we got there fast. We've barely known each other a year at this point. By I, I should. I should point out. Yeah. Well, baby bro, let's go do. Uh, Write a letter to your your other siblings that uh, <laughs> I have a new brother. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. This is a well. Okay, I was going to I was going to say like that is a that is a relationship that can never be replaced. Kind of that's what Rebels is. I was going to say that, that's, that's literally what Rebels is. Yeah, we've been talking about that for building these kind of relationships many hours with, uh, now. with people. So yeah, I'm I'm very I'm I'm honestly quite like 
proud to uh, to be yeah. building this relationship with you, Greg. And I'm sorry that that unfortunately means that I'm I'm only going to laugh when you say certain words. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but, so, okay. some jokes have to be earned, and uh... that is true. As uh, as I found, I've I've noticed, by the way, how kind you have been in the edits so far. So thank you for that. Thank you for making me sound so much more clever than I than you and I both know I actually am. But ah, speaking of clever, uh, these creatures are not just mindless. Like their AI actually has some other modes other than running straight for them, uh, and they do flanking maneuvers. Now. That's something that... Uh, well, pincer uh, maneuvers, because they're coming at them from two sides. Oh, sorry. I thought those were the same thing. Uh, yes, you're right. They're, uh, they're splitting up, coming in from two sides. And yes, the, the sort of wave defenses that they have set up, that Sabine has set up are not so effective against, uh, against that. Team Sabine is backed against the uh, Phantom. Uh, let's not go inside, but they can climb on top. Uh, and make their last stand there. More gorgeous explosions at the last of the Rhydonium uh, uh, goes up. Mm -hmm. And back to back, while hordes of these vicious creatures come toward them in the in the twilight under the shadow of an asteroid what a scene it's like yes in uh silhouette it's 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 really yeah. cool there's there's a couple times where just like when they're like climbing up there where i'm looking at it, it's like this reminds me very much of like the original cover of of doom in like 92 like like, like that yes. original thing of just like doom marine just like standing on top of things like shooting doom at multiple guy. things yeah yeah. That is his canonical name. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I forgot about that. Um, and now we have a pair of Doom Girls. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the camera's panned up at them while they're standing there on this lonely hill that is the Phantom uh, defending themselves against these these waves of uh, just the, the courage and the trust that they show each, each other. Like mm -hmm. the, the situa awa situational awareness that they have, they do a, a pretty good like uh, uh, dance um, around each other. It is beautiful to behold this scene was breathtaking it, re it really was just 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 fantastic just to just to watch them like be so confident because you know yeah we've seen her do a little bit outside and and so this was just really cool to say okay she she's really really good with 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 the blaster as well but also you have sabine being a mandalorian it's like this is her element of oh we're right. shooting things yes yes i can do this yeah i can do this very well Thank you. I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> and she does. Yeah. Although, I mean, there is a there is a little bit of fatalism. There's a, you know, Sabine realizes, oh, they just keep coming. Uh, Hera rolls her eyes. Tell me something I don't know. We're going to die. Maybe one of the troopers just just had a, a Smash Mass All-Star on there, and they're just indoctrinated by it, and they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming, <laughs> and they don't stop coming. Oh, wow. I... <laughs> Uh, my eyebrows were up while I was waiting to see where the All Stars reference came came down. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. We're going to die. That's no secret. And then dawn breaks. Uh, a, a light from above uh, shines down, and the creatures skitter back. But it's not dawn. It's the headlights of um, Dad's RV. No, it's still Mom's <laughs> RV. I shouldn't have called the. It's not Mom's. So which one's the mom's minivan then? I, I, I think I made a mistake calling the Phantom mom's minivan. I think the metaphor is like falling apart a little bit there because the ghost is like, it, 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 I mean, like an RV, yes, but like 
an RV no, which it's can a like house. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has yeah. rooms and it has it has floors. No, I think the the Phantom is the minivan because when you're in it, you have you have no dividers, <laughs> right? You're you've got that, the one space. That sounds you're like every together. that sounds like every minivan road trip I've ever been on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're trapped in there with only yourselves and your smells, and whatever oh. happens to be on the right. Re- yeah, you have you have no option. So yeah, swooping in like a like a team of Valkyries. I noticed that the 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 I keep calling it the canopy. Like, what's the glass of the cockpit of the ghost called? Is that a canopy? It would track for it to be canopy because so much of the design for Star Wars has always been World War II stuff because that was how, right. like, yes. so, so, so canopy would make the most sense because it'd be the most, like, analogous. Your expertise is such that, like, I, I will always trust it, and uh, except when I don't. Uh, but <laughs> thank you thank you for that confirmation. I, what, so what I was going to say is I noticed that the uh, canopy was rendered opaque. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't actually see inside. So we don't even see Kanan piloting it. We just see the blessed ghosts descending and uh, and casting beams of light onto the Phantom, um, with Zeb and Ezra like hanging out the ramp, uh, taking yes. taking shots. Uh, Ezra really putting his energy slingshot to use there. Um, yeah, pretty rapid fire too. Frankly, like he's he's cranking yeah. back pretty pretty like steadily, but he tries to That's go and be the weapon. hero. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 it's it's pretty useful until he like jumps down and tries to be a hero to impress Sabine because that's literally the only thing, that's the only way he knows how to interact with her right now. So uh, the creatures, they start coming again and it makes no strategic sense uh, for Ezra to jump down and create like, okay, now there's another person who needs to, uh, who needs to get up the ramp. He, he can offer them no benefit that he can't offer from the ramp itself. And yeah, I thought, okay, so maybe he's trying to impress Sabine. Is that what he's... Yes, so, so he does say, Sabine, I got you back. And he's like, oh, these guys aren't so tough. So he he's he's trying to show off a little bit. Yes, uh, yeah. And, and uh, Zeb, Zeb's bad influence has rubbed off on him because Ezra finally says Carabast himself. Carabast! I saw that! Um, yeah, because he's... Yeah, He's be- learning do- wordy dirts from his uh, from his big bro. <laughs> yeah, because uh, because one of the Furnox just just goes right after him, and he's getting like pinned down. And it's, yet another it- villain who realizes that his energy blasts really don't hurt so much. You realigned my spine. That's, that's so nice of you. <laughs> I, don't, Thank I you. have to pay my chiropractor. Yeah, now you're giving me some some magnetotherapy. So now it's uh, uh, it's Ezra who's been knocked down, holding his shoulder, and Sabine has to uh, get him up onto his feet. They all make it onto the ramp. For some reason, the ghost doesn't depart very very quickly. Takes its time. Uh, oh, I noticed when Zeb makes a lot of use of his bow rifle here, it had a weird sound. Yeah, it was a little more high pitched. It's it's definitely what we heard in yes. the last episode. Uh, it was the same the same sound, just that kind of I don't want to say metallic because they're all kind of metallic, no, metallic sounding. Is what but, it but, is. but like it, it it's like it's like a fence, a lot like a chain link fence or something being yes. hit a little bit more because because the, the sound effect for for the blaster bolt, the stormtrooper like, blaster, like, like very famously is like hitting a guy wire, um, snapping it right. Ben Burt just went out with a microphone and just was like hitting it with like some kind. I think like a a, a hammer or something. To yeah, a spanner or a wrench or something. Yeah, but and, yeah, a, a, a taut metal cable uh, uh, and thwack that, then you get the, that that. I could kind of infer just from the sound, just from like the fact that it doesn't sound quite so deep, but it's like 
hitting a smaller diameter yeah, wire. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I had, but, the, but, I had this, I noticed it as well. And one thing that I thought was that was kind of nice was, uh, despite the fact that Ezra did just make a fool of himself, Zeb does just say like, Narse moves out there, champ. He, he is like trying to be like- He's I, very supportive. I, yeah, but, the, like Ezra su- didn't supportive, really that. but like also being kind of big brotherly, like I have to give you crap for that as well. Oh, I like that. Uh, Hera uh, makes it up to the cockpit where she does some backseat driving over Kanan's shoulder. Kanan's having trouble getting the ship to lift off. She instructs him to uh, redirect the power to the outer hull, electrifies the hull where the uh, the furlocks have been climbing all over it. They get uh, they get tasered, they drop off. Kanan didn't know the ship could do that. And Hera's a bit smug throughout this whole episode. It's like, yeah, there's a lot you don't know. Hmm? The ghost is her baby, and like she knows everything like way better. Like, it's like it's like okay, I know the the little like weird idiosyncrasies of like, yes, yeah, my car. Where if I give it to someone else, it's like oh hey, you have to do that. It's like what? Wait, what? What's what's going on? It's like <laughs> yeah, you gotta like, you gotta wiggle it. You gotta wiggle it just right. And then it, uh, they clamp the the phantom. So yet another way to uh, to absorb the phantom into the ghost. There's a, there's sort of mag clamp on the underside, and I bet you. That they sort of, yeah, you grab it by the underside, and then when you turn around, it'll be, you know, docked in the rear once again. It's, it's just a weird... So that's one thing where I did look, and for the rest of the episode, it does not appear in the back there. That's the one thing where I did note, oh. I did look at this time. Okay. It's not up It's not up there. Um, yeah, okay. So, so, so the, the also, Ezra, again, just, uh, oh, thanks for saving me back there. Don't read too much into it, kid. It's like... He cannot help yeah. himself but to like try flirting right now, and it's like okay, you know. Yeah, they're gonna have to it, you, you, set you, some boundaries themselves. You, you've been here for a couple of weeks now. I know you were gone right at the academy for a couple of weeks because they said like four or five weeks. I think like they, yeah, so it's like, that it, was, it was a it was a pretty significant amount of time, but still, it's like you should still know this. Um, <laughs> this is this is like. Yeah. Like I, I, how? Now I was gonna say like how many times have to be rejected before you learn the lesson, but no, no, no. I've been there. I've I've been that fifteen-year-old before. Ezra, I recognize it as well. Grown boy uh, has these desires, but not yet a lot of experience or guidance in how to express them. Nobody's teaching him these things. Nobody's teaching him what it's like to be hit on. Also, (laughs) he has no idea. Yeah, he doesn't understand that he's that. Maybe don't try so hard. Maybe, maybe. Sorry, sorry. Let's, Unless that's what Chop's actually doing. Let's try spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> well done for breaking a very troubling train of thought that I was on. Good. <laughs> good. With the image of Ezra. Hey, hey, Sabine, Sabine. And then just turning around in place. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Is this doing it for you? <laughs> Woo! Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, so I'm off to write some fan fiction because then Sabine is definitely going to go, well, I don't hate it. Hmm, maybe, maybe this is my thing. Who knows? Okay, keep going. <laughs> no, this is going to be the, the fan fiction. 
Uehara and Kane walk in on the two of them. Just <laughs> like spinning around in circles. Just, just standing there spinning and going, whoa, while they're playing Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> They've got a lava lamp going. They've just discovered something. Oh, no. Kanan, your kids are spinning. Did you know? <laughs> it's Talk to your children about spinning. It's a... <laughs> Just the, say no. The the war on spins. <laughs> oh, meanwhile Zeb is is fidgeting, and you know, fidget, fidgeters and spinners never should meet. I I, I went the same place because we we spent the last like five minutes talking about spinning. That now I was you said fidgeting. <laughs> it's stupid. I don't I don't know. What. So, the idea of them two standing in the room, <laughs> silently turning around—it's all I can think about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now I'm imagining all of them doing it. <laughs> no, no, but but they, but they all but, but but because it's it's animated, they all need to be t posing while they're spinning. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. All wow. Right. Um, All right. Breaking. Breaking cocky. Um, no, I just feel like I've 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 been spinning for five minutes myself. Just spinning, spinning, spinning in in, in place. So yeah, we 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 get the we get the resolution. Ezra and Zeb uh, apologize for the bad job they did at their chores. Anyway, we'll fix the Phantom. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, because we saw what your fixing job was last time. Yeah. Chop takes no responsibility. I don't think. Like, he sticks out one of his spinning little arms and like, whoa, what me? Not only does he not take responsibility, but one thing that I noticed is is that, like, when Zeb is saying, oh, Chop, close the ramp, and when Harris saying, Chopper, like, engage the magnetic lock, Chopper is mocking them. <laughs> Chopper yes. is, like, repeating what they're saying in a mocking droid tone. Yes. I noticed yes. that. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> like, he's, he's so... <laughs> He doesn't want to be bossed around even by hair. I was like, okay, Zeb makes sense. But it was like, he did it to hair. It's like, whoa, you're doing it to. It's like, he is a cat. <laughs> he is a cat. Where even like, even like his owner and his source of like continued like existence in like maintenance and care and all that yes, stuff. Yes. Is still just like, no, but I still must bite you and claw at you. Oh. Is he maybe the middle brother? I don't. I don't have a middle brother. I mean, I, I I have four brothers, but two of my brothers were from a different mother, and we didn't grow up together. So I grew up big brother, little brother a combo. I sort of recognize it from like Malcolm in the Middle is the only case where I've seen like a long term examination of a, of a middle brother. The old it's three brothers. The older one is is absent, and you've got the middle punk, right? That's the one that uh, that lives with Malcolm, the titular character. Is that Chopper? He's the little, the, the, the sort of punk miscreant. He he knows, like, he's not the one that everybody it, expects great things of. He's not the one that is most beloved. He well, has it, the most space. I would also argue it's it's like, well, if I want attention, I have to act out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or or to do my requisite uh, one call up per episode to my brother, Zach. It's, uh, you must acknowledge my jokes. Why aren't you acknowledging my humor? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I can sort of relate I'm to the, that. I'm the middle child, Greg. You cannot ignore me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, be funnier, Zach. 
Wow. No, you have you have shown me one of Zach's responses to the Rebel Air social media, which is the only contact that I get with the Rebel Air social media channels is via screenshots that you occasionally deign to share with me. And that is some that is those are some choice comments. Good job, Zach. Keep it up. Yeah, 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 because yeah, there was a Simpsons reference and then it just devolved from there because it, my brother and I are like the same people, basically. <laughs> like, he calls me his clone for a reason. Oh, wow. I feel a lot of gratitude to your brother, uh, to your brother, Zach, for like, he has also introduced me to, to Star Wars Rebels. Like he did that for you. You did, you did it for me. Like this is a, this is a chain of generosity that I really appreciate because this, this show, like I, I really dig it. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. And uh, and finishing up this episode, Sabine's walking into her room and Hera stops her and it's like, you know, I trusted you down there with my life. Like, I need you to understand that, like, I trust you, but... Sabine, I know you have questions. Questions I can't answer right now, but know that I trust you. She has actually, like, she's given some ground by making that promise, by saying it like that. What she wants Sabine to understand is, like, my not telling you is not a reflection of my not trusting you. Those are those are separate things. And that's that's hard for Sabine to understand. But she does give her this this yeah, this one extra glimpse. And it's very specific. Like it's 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 almost coded. She is specifically trusting Sabine with this information. I promise we won't always be fighting this battle alone. That's big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's acknowledging like where Sabine's like pain is and just like I can't I can't fix this for you it's not getting neatly tied up in a bow but it's oh, but, is... but it's like we're in the same like situation together even if we're like struggling even if we're fighting like we were it we're we're still here together and like but is 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 that it is is that this sense of isolation that is this something that she's that she's struggling with? How small she feels now? How little she feels that she's uh, uh, contributing to the universe at large? I mean, I could also see it as a as a little bit of like I've been disappointed in like I've been disappointed in this. I've been disappointed. I've been disappointed in like growing up in Mandalore. I've been disappointed in the Imperial Academy. I've been disappointed in like the galaxy at large, and because of the Empire. I don't want to be disappointed in you. I think this is like a little, just yeah. a little bit of self-protection of just, yes. if, you know, if I'm going to just get hurt here again, I want to leave before like that can happen. Yeah. I, I, I like, like the last shot that we see of Sabine's face is not like, she's not completely relieved. She's not completely convinced. Like there is a, there is a lingering melancholy there and i think that's really appropriate for the for the character because yeah the adventure that they've had they've had their lives in each other's hands they've had each other's backs that that counts for something but it doesn't solve everything there is like that like melancholy and and everything but it, it seems like like she's more at peace with like this is like with with how things are like she's she's not torn up about it as as such anymore no she she's not left in the same place where she started she started feeling that she she really didn't have enough from 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 Hera and she didn't get as much as she wanted but she got some yeah well uh i mean we're early, we're early on in the series so to to quote a jedi these are your first steps yeah. Oh. Mm, mm. <laughs> References. Oh, very, <laughs> very good. 
Okay, Kaki. Uh, questions this week are. Uh, oh yes, you're right. Pretty tough because we don't really. We, I I think we have one answer for both of us because it's literally the only <laughs> yes. answer we can give. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who do you want a story about? <laughs> um, well, the Thai pilot. Oh, the, the one that died horribly. Oh, <laughs> uh, we saw his ship smash into another TIE fighter ashore and they exploded. But maybe this is Shen from, you know, oh, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe this is Shen from, uh, 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 I was going to say Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, Star Wars Squadrons. He was a TIE pilot, had his neck broken a few times, held together by, uh, you know, maybe this is him. Maybe this is where his, uh, his helmet got messed up. Held together by pure uh, hatred and revenge, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That was uh, oh, that was that was Boba Fett, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as costumes, I guess I'm making a yes, that your... costume. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what else am I gonna do? I said a tie pilot before. Am I gonna be reusing? No, my that's right. Now? Oh, this question is going to become much much harder for you as the series progresses because you've you've already done. Okay, you want to do the Imperial uh, the Cadet and uh, and the. We're going to keep running into those. You're going to See, struggle but, to find new. But but here's an important caveat because Star Wars is a universe where people like actually change their clothes between movies. Uh, believe it or not, yeah. like so, so so like like would we be able to? Well, like would I be able to say like oh that? But like with a really cool hat that they put on in like one episode or something like that. Like that's <laughs> yes, that's true. Or this particular, this like, particular like, one. Do I get to do a variant? Because if I get to do a variant, like that, I get some oh, options no, I mean, again. Definitely, definitely, definitely. If they're if they're recognizable, I mean, I think that maybe your your you could use like an expansion of your imagination. Why don't you cosplay this asteroid? You could do that. You could have a little. You could have a little Ori like, on a helmet, you know, with the, other asteroids around you, casting shadows. You could make up your mouth like the opening to Fort Anoxus. Anoxus. Thank you. I mean, okay. So I'm in the. I'm. I'm re-entering the Farscape fandom after twenty-two years after it's been off air because of my, my other podcast, and I'm. I'm seeing like photos from from conventions when Farscape was still at conventions, and like there are people who have cosplayed spaceships. Okay, well, but it's your choice. So. Do you want to be a Fernock or do you want to be an asteroid field? I think just for just for comedy, I think I want to stay with the with the Fernock because uh, I do kind of like. I do kind of. It's my second Star Wars animal that I'm apparently going to be cosplaying now after the uh, the manta rays, <laughs> the, the <laughs> yeah, himbo the manta himbos. rays. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely want to try some of these space waffles. They're like halfway between waffles and cereal. Man, I think I need to make waffles in the morning. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I was just actually thinking that, like, I am dying for some waffles. <laughs> I could just murder me a pile of waffles. Tune into our next episode, Empire Day. Ooh. Ooh, when an old friend of Ezra's parents seeks help to escape off-world. Ooh, this sounds exciting. You can find us at rebelair.com or rebelairpod on Twitter and Instagram. That's air with an H. I'm Kaki. I'm Greg. Oh, oh, uh, I've, I found one. I found one. Uh, here, do it with me. Problems for the Empire. 
profit for us. Yes! That's a good one, right? That's pretty good. I'm amazed I remembered that. Well done! You and me, bro. 